Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so happy that you are listening. This is a space where I talk about biohacking and wellness and health and all sorts of goodies like that. And I am coming to you this week from Ontario, Canada, and I am here for a wedding for some friends, and I'm really excited about it. And it's been interesting being back. I originally, well, originally I'm from South Africa, and then I moved to Ontario, and then I moved to BC, but I lived for many years in Ontario. So I have a lot of family here, and I have a lot of friends here. So it's really interesting being back and seeing people and kind of being back into like the Ontario swing of things, which is very different health wise compared to how BC does it. I mean, like there's pros and cons to both, but it's, it's certainly interesting. And I have been taking my supplements with me and trying to eat as best as I can and really work out as well, as well as like have a bunch of water, have a bunch of electrolytes and support myself as much as I can. Cause I, I think a lot of people are like this, but I really struggle when I travel to kind of keep up my same healthy biohacking routine, especially when you're doing a lot of like social events and social engaging, it's much harder to exercise, you know, four or five times a week, eat clean and just remember to like have a good sleep routine and and do all of these things. So it's definitely something that I really tried to keep front of mind for this trip. So some of the things I've been doing to help is really prioritizing exercise to support my mental health during this time. So like today I'm up in Muskoka in Ontario And I took the car that we're renting and I went and found a random gym and did like a day pass and just did my workout and kept to my routine. And I, when I was visiting my mom, I kind of did the same thing, bought a couple of day passes or they were actually free actually for local gyms and really made it a point to continue my workout routine while traveling. And I've not always done that. Like sometimes it is nice to kind of travel and take time off and take a break from it. But like, I feel way better right now (laughs) than if I had been here for a week and hadn't exercised, you know, like I think I've worked out, I don't even know, maybe four times, maybe five times since I've been here and it's been a week. And that's on top of like, daily walks or like swims and stuff. Like I'm talking like intentional hour set aside where I'm lifting weights or doing hit cardio or whatever. So that's been really good and really helpful for my mental health while I've been here because I'm working full time and we have a lot of social events going on. So things are very full on right now. So it's been helping a lot. I've also been crushing electrolytes and I currently I am not a sponsor for, or they are not a sponsor for me. I'm not an affiliate for element electrolytes, but wow, like these electrolytes are the best electrolytes I have ever taken. And I have heard about element like, and they spell it L M N T. Like I've heard about them for so long they are on like all of the podcasts I listen to. 
they sponsor so many influencers I follow. And so I've known about them for a long time. And I bought some right before this trip. Like I just bought them from Amazon and they are so good. Like I feel amazing, like seriously amazing. Like after, cause I'm drinking more right now than I typically do as well. And the next morning I will, you know, have a packet of electrolytes from them in, you know, 500 mils of water, whatever it is. And I feel like a thousand bucks. Like it really helps with detoxing, getting the body back to a healthy state, reducing the negative side effects from alcohol. I just feel like I'm like a million bucks when I'm on them. I really do. So my plan when I get back to BC is to order a big box from them because I am crushing them. Like I'm talking like two or three a day (laughs) because I just, they, I just love them. They taste great. And they're like really low in sugar. So I'm a big fan. So hopefully I can be an affiliate for them because every time I talk about them, I get a lot of people interested online. So if you have not tried them, this is your sign to go and and go and try them. They're available on Amazon in Canada and the States. You can also order from their website and there are local retailers. You just have to DM them on Instagram and then they'll tell you like who's in Toronto, who's in Vancouver, that type of thing, which is what I did. So I recommend them. And yeah, so the electrolytes combined with the very intentional workouts combined with like enough sleep. Like I'm not getting up at 5am right now. I'm sleeping in and waking up naturally. And that's been helping as well. And then also just really watching my diet, my family and my partner's family and my friends here are definitely not as conscious about their food choices as I am. And so there's like a lot of flavored things, a lot of sugar added to things. There's a lot of bread, crackers, cookies, treats, ice cream, like vanilla flavored milk, vanilla flavored yogurt, which is not typically how I do things. Like if I buy milk from the store, if I buy yogurt, it's very much like unflavored, the natural one, because it just has way less additives, way less sugar, and it's much cleaner of a product. So it's been interesting being here and trying to make the healthiest decisions I can, but it's not always possible. I've also been doing some intermittent fasting since I've been here. So like today I fasted from, I think I stopped eating at like kind of late last night, actually, maybe like nine. And then I had my first meal at 1230 today, maybe something like that. So I've been also bringing in some intermittent fasting just to make sure I'm not overeating, over consuming calories while I'm here and allowing my body to kind of have a break from all the food. So that's been helpful as well. So I think there is a healthy way to travel, but it does require a lot of intentionality, a lot of thought, a lot of work before you leave, right? Like bringing your supplements, bringing enough electrolytes, like looking at gyms or fitness centers close to where you're going or bringing your running shoes so you can run outside. Like I think you can do it. You just have to prep for it and take the time to prep for it. And most people right before they leave for travel, like they're rushed and they're very last minute and they're just trying to get out the door. So 
I would suggest, you know, doing it a couple of days before you go. So that is my like random travel hacks, travel, healthy travel tips for you. I also think it's different if you're going international, like international, I'm even more prepared usually and very, very conscious of what I'm doing. I will definitely bring more supplements. I bring a lot of like ginger and like and things that can help with like pain, nausea, just like kind of like almost like a natural first aid kit. And yeah, I'm very conscious about that. And so that's something that I think about as well, but also electrolytes for sure, for sure. Anytime you set foot on a plane, planes are so drying and dehydrating for the body. So really ensuring that you have a good source of water and electrolytes to kind of support your hydration is really important. This episode is a short and quick, I guess it's going to be short and quick question and answer. I haven't done one of these in a while, but I've been collecting your questions from social media. So I am going to answer a couple of them. All right. So there's a few questions here. This first one is about aloe vera juice. So this is from TikTok. So some people, I talked about aloe vera juice a few months ago and I got a bunch of questions. So we're going to, we're going to dive into them. The first question is, where do you suggest buying it? Is there a certain brand that you use? So I have been taking aloe vera juice on and off probably for 10 years. I think it's great for the gut. I think it's a great source of L-glutamine, which really supports the gut. It really helped heal my leaky gut and it is just super healing and nourishing for the body. And so when I have bought aloe vera juice, I now buy it mostly from Amazon. Uh, It's actually linked in my Amazon storefront, which you can go to through my website shop page, but you can also get it at like health food stores. You can get it at grocery stores. Now it's honestly, it's basically everywhere. I would say it's much easier to find now than it was, I don't know, five years ago, 10 years ago. And in in terms of the certain brand that I use, I think the one that is my go-to is called Lily of the Desert. And this one is very, very clean. So you can see the ingredients. I think it's like one ingredient, maybe two ingredients on the back. I really like the taste of this one. I really trust this brand because this brand has been around for so long. Like again, like I, when I started taking aloe vera juice 10 years ago, this was the brand that I started with and they're still here today. And that makes me trust them quite a lot. So you can buy them on Amazon. You can buy them from Whole Foods. They have different ones. They have like inner leaf juice. They have whole leaf juice depending on what you want. I've had both. Honestly, I don't really find a big difference between taking either, but you can read their website and find out more information. So next question. So if I have an aloe vera plant, can I scrape the jelly out of it and eat it? If so, how much would I eat? Great question. So you have to be really careful with eating aloe vera straight from the plant because it can be a laxative. So what you could do is you can scrape it out of the plant and then you can dilute it. And there is a recipe and a way to do this online. You have to make sure that you dilute it to the correct ratio. I forgot what the ratio is, but I would Google it like, or search online. Like I would search making aloe vera juice from aloe vera plant or something like that because it is a laxative. So you cannot just eat the jelly 
right out of the plant because it's not going to end well for your gut or your colon and it might be painful. So I don't, don't recommend that. But yeah, you could, I mean, you could technically just make it from it if you did it correctly. I think you have to boil it as well. So there's a few steps to the process. So definitely, definitely check that out before you do it. Next question, how much do you take each morning? So this very, I really like the taste of aloe vera juice. Like it's really grown on me. So I don't have a problem sipping it at all. I'm at a point now where if I'm going through a phase of taking it, I will just sip it straight from the bottle. And usually let's say that's like, I don't know, two tablespoons every morning. Like it has to be a a bit of a substantial amount. Sometimes I pour it into little espresso glasses that I have. And those are probably 40 mils, maybe 50 mils. So something like that is is kind of how much I take. And every morning on an empty stomach every single time is the optimal time always for aloe vera juice. Last question, do you notice a difference when you start consuming it? So yes, it depends. I think, I think if you have a lot of gut issues in terms of, you know, your bowels aren't regular or, you know, you have a lot of acidity or you have leaky gut symptoms or you have indigestion or, you know, things like that. Like, I think if you have like prominent gut health issues, I think you would start noticing a difference right away. It's very healing. It's very soothing. And if you think about aloe vera, right? Like the traditional use that we kind of use it in the West is like, you have a burn. So put aloe vera gel on it, and then it will help the skin heal faster If we take that same principle and we apply it to the juice, it's like when we drink aloe vera juice, it's going to heal the internal skin, the gut lining of our stomach, of our colon, of like all of that, right? So it's the same principle. It's just applied internally for us. And so if you think of it like that, like that is why we need to be taking it every day because we do need to build on the effects. We do need to build on the benefits from it. Like, I don't think it's like a one and done. And even when you get a sunburn, right? Like applying aloe vera juice or aloe vera gel once might be a little bit helpful, but I don't think it's going to do much. Whereas if you're applying it every few hours or twice a day type of idea, that's when you really see the benefits and you reduce the chance of scarring and you reduce how long it's going to heal for and that type of thing. So yeah, I think so. I would say, yeah. And if you have any other questions about aloe vera juice, definitely, definitely reach out to me and I will help you. Okay. Moving on from aloe. This person asks, why is oil pulling not talked about anymore? Hmm. This is very interesting question. So Oil pulling, for those who don't know, is when you wake up in the morning, you take a teaspoon of coconut oil, typically, and you swirl it around your mouth and like for a decent amount of time, like 10 to 20 minutes. And the thought behind it is, is that it's a Ayurvedic practice and the fat inside the coconut oil pulls out toxins that are in the plaque around your teeth that are in your gums, that type of idea, because yeah, I guess the fat pulls them out, they get trapped in the fat and then you spit it out. So you do not swallow it for sure. (laughs) 
but you swish it around your mouth and it's actually kind of a jaw workout. I've done it before and I can see why people do it. So why is it not talked about anymore? I don't know that it's talked about any more or less in my personal opinion. I think that we have a lot of trends in the health and wellness world. I think things kind of come and go and oil pulling for me, I heard about years ago. So it's not really like this new trendy thing to do, which is probably why you don't hear about it as much anymore is because I feel like everyone kind of knows about it and everyone either does it or doesn't do it. For me, it's one of those health practices that I don't do. I haven't stuck to it. I personally didn't see that much benefit from it right away, but I can understand how people would do it every day. So I I think it's just related to health trends, to be honest. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like, it's been debunked or like people don't believe in it anymore. Like I think people who are very much into the Ayurvedic way of healing are definitely, definitely oil pulling. I tongue scrape every single morning. So this is another Ayurvedic practice. And essentially what this is, is like you have a tongue scraper And ideally it's made out of copper and you, it's like in the shape of a U or like a V and you take it and you scrape your tongue in the morning. And I have been doing this for probably four or five years at this point. This is a practice I will probably do my entire life. And there's a couple of reasons for that. So first of all, it gets rid of all of that gunk that has collected on your tongue from the night before. So as we detox, as we metabolize our food from the day, our toxins, all of these things, part of where that kind of comes out is in our mouth and is on our tongue. So when we wake up in the morning, we scrape all of that off. We are reducing the chance of us swallowing this, of it kind of being back in our system and being stuck in our system. So For that reason, I think it's a detoxifying practice and I will always do it. I also love that it gets rid of morning breath. Like you don't even, I mean, yeah, you can wash your teeth as well, but you don't even really need to as much because you're scraping your tongue and it's getting rid of all of that bad bacteria that's sitting on your tongue from the night before. So it's very cleansing and I just like that it gets rid of all of the gunk and the bad stuff. It's also very easy. And I'm very much about healthy habits that are easy, that are accessible to everybody that don't cost a lot. And tongue scrapers like going to cost you like $5, maybe $10. And I've had the same one for five years. And you scrape your tongue and then you wash it after every single day. And that's it. And because it's the one that I have anyway, is solely made out of copper. There's no plastic on it. There's no place for grime to collect. Like it just doesn't work like that. Like it's literally a piece of metal. So you clean it and yeah. And the other thing too, like copper itself is antibacterial, antimicrobial, even that like a tiny bit of copper that you're scraping on your tongue every single time is actually really helping your oral microbiome and supporting the good bacteria in your mouth and reducing the bad bacteria in another way. So it's a win-win for me in all directions. Um, and I will always, always tongue scrape. Are you concerned about aging on a cellular level? 
Did you know that over time aging occurs due to decreased cellular quality and that each time a cell divides, cellular quality and health is reduced due to shortening telomere length? Over time, low quality and unhealthy cells should be destroyed and recycled by the body. However, the modern diet prevents this activity, known as autophagy, from occurring at a sufficient rate. This combination leads to the process of aging and the prevalence of chronic disease as we age. Luckily, we can use herbal extracts to support aging and longevity on a cellular level. These are a couple of my favorite. So I love using spermidine, which has been studied for years due to its amazing effects on increasing lifespan. Research has concluded that the life-extending effects of spermidine come from its ability to increase autophagy, which is the natural process of recycling damaged and unhealthy cells in the body. This also includes glycoastragonal, which is an exciting new herbal extract that lengthens telomeres. It literally reverses the effects of cellular division to protect against further damage and cellular aging. Youthavar by Valhalla Vitality provides these two powerful herbal compounds, spermidine and glycoastragonal, to combat and reverse the aging process. Youthavar was formulated with synergy in mind. The synergistic effect of increasing telomere length and autophagy simultaneously has previously been untapped. Valhalla Vitality also has a powerful NMN supplement called Niavar, as well as a fantastic nootropic called Hypovar, which is made from THCV. This is a minor cannabinoid that helps with mood, energy, focus, mental clarity, and reduces appetite. And this is actually the supplement I take every single time I fast because it helps me focus and helps with weight management by reducing my appetite when I'm fasting. You can find all of these products on my website and also linked in the show notes and make sure to use my discount code biohackingbrittany in all capitals for a discount at checkout. Okay. And then another question. So what do you think about artichokes and the plain water after boiling them? So I didn't actually know what this was referring to. I had to research this. So let me kind of debrief everybody. I found an article about it. So boiling artichokes has a side effect. It gives us a detox broth or herbal tea with excellent properties. This is from an online blog about it. Yeah. So it says this vegetable is a real scavenger, which cleans our body of toxins and purifies the blood of bad cholesterol. The organ that owes it most is, is the liver promotes the synthesis and secretion of bile. It's a powerful antioxidant. It's very rich in minerals. There's like a lot of medicinal properties to it. Great for detoxing, etc. So that's kind of like the gist of why people are doing this. And so essentially, I guess the idea is boil the artichokes, eat the artichokes, and then drink the water that's remaining. What do we think about this? So I think that for most vegetables, this is probably a good idea regardless if it's an artichoke or not. You know, when we make broth in general and even animal broth, but like vegetable broth, like we are taking vegetables, we're soaking them in water and boiling them in water for hours on end. And then we drink what's left over and we take the vegetables out. So that's exactly basically what this is. Obviously it's not to that 
like as long of an extent because you're taking the artichoke and you're eating the artichoke. So you're not going to like have them be in there for like four hours, but this makes sense. Like I feel like if there's antioxidant properties to it, if it helps with detoxing, if it helps with the liver, there's a ton of minerals. I say, go for it. Absolutely. Go for it. Now, I think there are probably vegetables you don't want to do this for. Things like kale. You know, kale, everyone, I mean, kale's not as much as a superfood as it once was, but there's still a lot of people who swear by kale. And kale does have negative side effects in the body. So I would not do this with kale. Like I would not, you know, if you're making, if you're cooking kale, right? Because you can make like warm kale salad. If you're doing something like that, like I would not drink the water after. I probably also wouldn't do this with things like white potato or onion or anything like that. Like I would just, I would just be more careful with it. Like I would do it with things like artichoke, carrots, beets. What else? Yeah. It depends on what type of vegetables people can digest, but those ones is probably what I would do it for. Celery, you know, celery is very typical in a vegetable vegetable broth. So I say go for it. I think the more nutrients that we can get from our food, the better. I think it's a waste almost to throw it out. I think you could also take the water and cook it into something else. You could make soup. You could make a broth from it, like a full on broth and add more vegetables to it. I think you could also take the water and make some sort of vegetable loaf, like, or vegetable bread, you know, zucchini bread. And the water that you use is actually the water from this artichoke type of idea. I think that's also a great idea. There's a lot of nutrients. And so again, like we really, really want to be getting as many nutrients from our food as we can. Okay. This person, I actually like this question a lot. So asking about cold plunging and optimal times to plunge during the cycle and when to avoid it. This is a good question. I kind of get questions like this a lot that are all about the, you know, the women's cycle, the female cycle. So I think we have to look at what cold plunging is doing to the body. So when you do a cold plunge, whether it's an ice bath or a cold shower, or you're jumping into the ocean type of idea, there's a lot of benefit to this, but it also does cause stress on the body. And so when we're causing this stress, even though it's acute stress, right? Like it's only for a short amount of time and it, there's enough benefit to kind of counteract this stress. And a little stress is actually good for the body. I don't know if we want to be adding stress to the body at all times during the cycle. So I think there's two parts to this answer. I think for most women, I would avoid cold plunges during your period. Absolutely. I would not do that. And I would say the days leading up to your period, I wouldn't do it. And also like even during that time when your period's coming, like you don't really feel like doing this type of thing anyway, right? Like we get very internal, cozy. We are more tired. We don't want to be working out as much. We don't want to be exercising as much. We want to be softer. We're in our bodies more and we want to stay home. We're not as social. So the idea of doing a cold plunge while we're in those feelings doesn't really make sense. So I would avoid it, let's say, four or five days before your period and during your period. And I think that would apply to 
most, if not all women. The other time that I would avoid it is for those people who struggle to ovulate. If you're somebody who has a very irregular cycle or you have PCOS or you are struggling with ovulation in general, I would question how much stress you're putting on your body. So when ovulation is delayed, most of the time we need to really look at stress as a root cause for that. Because the idea behind that is, why would the body produce an egg to be fertilized if it does not feel like this is a safe time and this is an appropriate time to have a baby? When we are super stressed out, whether it's mental, physical, environment, that is what we end up you know, internalizing every single day and it compounds every single day. And then it can delay ovulation. So I would be very cautious about doing cold plunges if your cycle is irregular like this. If you're trying to get pregnant, if you're not ovulating, if you have PCOS, these types of things. Like I would, I would be very careful about doing them. Just because I think it's adding more stress to the body. And do we want to add more cortisol? Do we want to add more of a stress response every single day? I don't think so. So again, like I would be careful with that. And if you are somebody who has delayed ovulation and irregular cycles, I think you still can do cold plunges. I just think there's a smaller time period when you should be doing them. So I would probably do them the week The first week of your, no, after your period, I would do them after your period, like the week after your period. So say your period ends on Sunday, I would do it the next week, Monday to Sunday. And then I would probably take a break and not do them because ideally ovulation comes at around day 14, day 15. And so you wouldn't want to do it too close to that in case you delay that and create an irregular cycle for yourself. So that would be my recommendation. The other thing too is like if you're doing a cold plunge like you know once a month, I actually don't think the timing matters too much. Like again, I still wouldn't do it like around your period. But even if you have an irregular cycle and you're doing a cold plunge once a month, like I wouldn't worry about it. Because I think that it's such a short amount of time that your body's experiencing that increase in stress and stress hormones. And there's benefits from it that I I wouldn't, I don't think it's going to delay your cycle or do or mess up your hormones a lot. It's when we do these things often and in conjunction with other stressors that there's issues, right? So if we're intermittent fasting every single day, we're doing cold plunges every single day, we are going to the gym, like all three of those things cause stress in the body. Now, again, They all have benefits and they all have their time and place. But when we do them day in and day out, we compound them. We do all of them at once. That's when we have issues. So I think you could do, yeah, like one one a week maybe maximum and then none during your period. And I think you'd be fine. Like that would be my maximum recommendation for women. And that's honestly what I do. Like I am not somebody who cold plunges every day. I don't have a cold tub. I don't have... I mean, I live close to the ocean and I hike a lot. So I end up 
around lakes and waterfalls and stuff, but it's really not part of my daily biohacking routine. I like to do cold water face dunks and that I think is fine. I think that comes from really helping the skin. And I actually, speaking of, I actually want to buy an ice roller, but I think if you're doing cold therapy only on your face, I think that's fine. Like it's really, really for the skin benefits at that point compared to like full body submerged, like you can't breathe, like your heart rate spikes, right? Like all of these things. So that is my recommendation. It might be different from other people, but I would guess that honestly, most biohackers, most people who are like the experts in this space, you know, Dave Asprey, Ben Greenfield, Wim Hof, those guys, like I'm pretty sure they would say the same thing. So I hope that helps. And if you want more information about that, send me a DM and I'm here. Today, I want to share with you a quick bedside routine I'm using at the moment, which relates to a question I have for you. And listen carefully to the end of this because I may or may not have a special offer for you. If I asked you, what is the number one health problem people from all over the world are facing? Would you know what that is? If you get sleep, you'd be right. Honestly, the majority of people are lacking energy throughout the day, but lack of energy is a symptom of a bigger problem that is very difficult to gain control over. And that problem is sleep. Sleep can affect your mood, hormones, waking, and many other factors negatively impacting you. If you're finding yourself tossing and turning all night or waking up in the morning and still not feeling refreshed, your sleep could use some work. My little routine that I'm doing right now is a glass of water with two safe and natural magnesium breakthrough capsules 30 minutes before hitting the pillow. These are seven essential forms of magnesium included in this full spectrum serving help you relax, unwind, and turn off your active brain after a long stressful day so you can finally rest peacefully and wake up feeling refreshed, vibrant, and ready to go. Magnesium Breakthrough has become a household name over the last few years because of its reputation. Just recently, the company released their fourth upgraded formulation that works even better than before. So this is a simple cost-effective solution I invite you to try if you haven't already. And for a limited time, BioOptimizers, the makers of this, are offering additional bonus gifts for the first thousand people who hop on this offer. They're including free bottles of their full line of digestive health products. These are the exact digestive health products that I use. So this includes the Mass Enzymes product, which is digestive enzymes, and the P3OM product, which is their patented probiotic, and their HCL product, which helps with heartburn and acid reflux. This means that you're getting free products to support your digestive system which gives you more energy because now your body isn't focused as much on digesting your food and it helps you absorb your nutrients even better from your food that you're eating. If you want to try this, you can do so by going to the website, www.magbreakthrough.com slash biohackingbritney and enter my discount code biohackingbritney at checkout. I will link to this in the show notes as well as on my website and Instagram If you want to try this, I suggest it right away. If you're having any type of sleep trouble, whether that's tossing and turning all night, whether that's falling asleep, or you just need more support in your life right now in this area. Again, that's 
www.magbreakthrough.com slash biohackingbrittany and use my discount code biohackingbrittany at checkout. I think that's it for questions. Oh, there's one more. Okay. So dosage for, (laughs) what do we guess? Mushrooms. Yeah. How many to take in one? Okay. So microdosing. If you use the company that I recommend, which is called Microcybin, discount code is BiohackingBrittany15 in all capitals. If you use this company, which I think is the best company on the market, both for mushrooms like psilocybin, LSD, for everything microdosing, they do not put the dosage on their bottles. And they can't do that legally because then you're kind of like telling people how to take drugs. (laughs) Like, let's just call it what it is, right? So they legally kind of like, don't do that. And I completely understand why. So if you order from them, there is a QR code on the bottle. If you scan that with your phone, it'll actually take you to their website, which will outline how to take it and different protocols. And so this is what I would research. So if you have bought psilocybin, LSD, whatever you're playing around with, I would research protocols for these substances because there are a lot of protocols out there. There's a couple that are pretty mainstream that a lot of people kind of turn to. And I think, I think the most popular one is four days on four days off. I forget what it's called, but yeah, there's different protocols. So my recommendation to this person asking like how much to take and when, and I think they mentioned they had anxiety. Let me just pull it up. Yeah. Using it for mild anxiety. I would say it depends on your job as well or what you do on a day-to-day basis. My gosh, I would suggest starting with the smallest amount. So one cap and one cap is probably, you know, a hundred to 150 mils or sorry, milligrams. And I would start with that. And I would try two to three times a week and take it in the morning. This is a very gentle, gentle protocol. I, and I kind of always suggest this to people when they ask me how to start. Like, I really think that you should start very gentle, even once a week and then maybe to twice a week, but really, really easing into it. If you are looking for, I think, more of a stronger healing program or protocol, I would research the four days on, four days off, five days on, two days off type of idea. I think there's a lot of benefit that can come from that. And I think there's a lot of rapid healing that could come from that. But I think it is also important to understand that these substances, this plant medicine is like not a cure all. Like this is not something that you take and you take for the rest of your life and you rely on it and you know it's your crutch and you you feel better on it so you never want to be without it like that is not the point of them the point is to open your perspective to thinking about plant medicine in a different way and then through that healing whatever is going on internally for you whatever is causing the anxiety causing the depression and then kind of moving away from plant medicine eventually. So maybe you do it like once a month or or maybe you just kind of stop. 
that's kind of the idea with plant medicine, right? Like we really don't want you to be taking it every single day for the rest of your life. And it's same with ayahuasca. People who do eight, 10 ceremonies of ayahuasca, it's like, why? Like, why are you feeling like you need to keep doing this over and over again? Have what haven't you gotten from your previous ceremonies that you're hoping to get? So there's like, there's just a lot of, a lot of questions around it. But back to the microdosing, I would start gentle. I would start two to three times a week, see how you feel. And then I would also experiment with maybe taking two caps and going up to 300 milligrams or whatever it is for you and seeing how that makes you feel and kind of going from there. So for myself, for my psilocybin usage and my LSD usage, I do not follow a protocol. I do not follow some sort of thing to heal anxiety or anything like that. For me, it's always been a day-to-day decision. So I wake up, do I feel like this is something that I want to do today or do I not? And that's about it. That's all of the time I put into taking it. And I have had a lot of profound healing that has come from microdosing with psilocybin and therapy, like that combination. And I personally don't feel like I would have healed faster if I had done more because for me, I really needed all of that time in between taking it to think about things and understand things and kind of come to new ideas and conclusions. So for me, the time actually is very healing in itself, the time in between taking it and the time when taking it. So again, it's different for everybody. I think for the LSD, this is probably something that I do take on a more strict basis. So when I do LSD, it's typically on a Monday and it's typically for productivity focus and really to like get into the flow state and psilocybin or sorry, LSD, you can only take every four days. And so because of that, I only take it on a Monday. Like I don't really feel like I need to get into that flow state as much on a Thursday or Friday, but Mondays are kind of my day for that. So that's kind of like my routine with it. But again, like you've got to experiment. You've got to see how it works for you. Everybody's so, so different. Sometimes it feels great. Sometimes you don't feel it as much. Depends on the food you've eaten that day. Depends how hydrated you are, how, how well you slept. Like there's kind of so much that goes into it that following any specific protocol might not even be the greatest thing for you. So my final suggestion and note on this is really just take the time to explore it and see how it feels and see what fits best for you. Not anybody else, right? What is best for you? And I think there in that moment and in those weeks of you taking it, when works best for you is when you're really going to notice a difference in your anxiety and also feel better and feel more nourished and supported. Yeah. So that is all we have for the questions for today. Thank you so much for listening. We kind of bounced around many different topics today, which was really fun actually. And if you have questions, DM me. I typically screenshot them and I just kind of collect them until I do another question and answer episode. And then I go through them. 
And so if you have something that you've been thinking about or you're wondering about, or, you know, like you're just curious about some sort of like wellness trend or anything like that, let me know. And I would love to answer and support you and get to the bottom of it. I hope you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned next week for another one. Thanks for listening to another episode of biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.